offense. Now we're here going to do the defense. We're our defensive position rankings starting right now. And we're just going to jump right into it. We're going to jump right wait, over. Wait, wait, before we do that, just, just a quick little tidbit of information for the, the defensive line and the linebackers. I think it's important to note that some teams have a 3-4 system where they have three guys up front and four linebackers, and some, some teams have a 4-3, so they have four guys up front and three linebackers, and they function very differently. So how good mm-hmm. the players are tend to be a lot intertwined with how good they are in the specific system. So we'll go over what what these system, what these systems are just to make sure that mm-hmm. that's set so so you kind of understand uh, what's going on. For example, the uh, in a 3-4 system, because they're four linebackers, the outside linebackers, like Khalil Mack, we'll get to in the next video, acts a lot like a defensive end in a 4-3. Mm-hmm. So there's there's that to take into account. And we have him as a linebacker because the Bears are a 3-4. So that's just that's just a piece of information we have to get through before we start. Sorry, that took a little bit, a little while. Let's just get right into our rankings here. I think the, the, the things that make a defensive line great is just a lot of pressure down the middle and guys that can get around the edge and can really hit the quarterback. Those quarterback hits are really key for a defensive line and can really change the tide of a game if the quarterback just doesn't have time to do what he wants to do. And that defensive line is incredibly important. Right. So uh, I would like to talk about the two teams we have at the one and the two, the Philadelphia Eagles and the San Francisco 49ers. Yes, uh, in his in his rookie season, Nick Bosa had nine sacks and 25 quarterback hits. That's mm-hmm. pretty good for a rookie. He won defensive rookie of the year. Absolutely deserved it. There were a lot of good rookies last year like one that we're about to talk about with the Bills. And um, he was working with a great line of guys like Eric Armstead and DeForest Buckner, who's now no longer on the team, but replaced by another first-round pick in Javon Kinlaw, who will take on a very similar role on that offensive line, which will be great for them. And they have Solomon Thomas there, and they have D Ford there. Solomon Thomas is just a depth piece at this point, but D Ford was actually really good last year. Yep. So... You have a very stellar line, and they could very well be the number one line in the NFL like Simon had them there. Right, Simon? Yeah, no, for sure. And I guess the, one of the other big uh, additions that they brought into that uh, to that defensive line, um, I mean, obviously he's the guy you mentioned, Javon Kinlaw. Uh, I, um, adding him with Nick Bosa um, I think is going to be a great addition to an already very dynamic offensive line. And even last year... Um, their defensive line really kind of set the pace for how their defense played and just how elite of a defense that the Niners were. We saw it leading right up to the Super Bowl, where the where the Niners' defense really kind of held them in there when um, the their offense kind of went dry late in the game. But yeah, absolutely. Um, my concern with the 49ers in comparison to the Eagles was that with DeForest Buckner, they had a like a force in the middle that could stop the run, and with Javon Kinlaw, mm-hmm. we'll have to see. That wasn't his. That wasn't his skill set at South Carolina. That was more sure. Derek Brown's skill set yeah. at, at Auburn, and he went mm-hmm. seventh overall to the Panthers. Um, mm-hmm. I not to say that Javon Kinlaw can't do it. Just just saying that maybe that's a, that could be a thing that c- could turn into a problem. Obviously, their linebacker core is so good that it probably won't be an issue, but we'll see. Right. And that's why I have the Eagles above them because they have possibly the best defensive tackles. Second best defensive tackle. We'll talk about Aaron Donald a little yeah. bit later, but yeah. Fletcher Cox has to be mentioned. A multiple-time Pro Bowler, 
first team all pro absolutely deserves it he's so good he's mm-hmm. big man super bowl winner just like the rest of these guys on this line uh nigel bradham brandon graham not the guys that you'll hear about like the the joey and the nick bosas and the jj and the tj watts but they'll they'll quietly put up 10 sacks a season mm-hmm. uh maybe even maybe even eight nine but regardless they're they're there uh, I think it was Brandon Graham that got the hit on Tom Brady that basically won them with the Super Bowl in 2017. Uh, mm. They added one of the better defensive tackles in the league, and Javon Hargrave from the Steelers. So they are a yep. force that is stacked up front. And yep. in terms of the Eagles' defensive line, I think this um, this potentially could be the most underappreciated offensive line in football, which is kind of ridiculous considering. Um, uh, they do their job really well, and it kind of and obviously. We talk about Fletcher Cox a lot, because as, as you mentioned, he's a multiple-time Pro Bowler. But I feel like the guys around him don't really get a lot of appreciation, I think. that, And I think that their defensive line is a huge reason of why they do, they do so well every year. Like you mentioned, in the Super Bowl um, against Tom Brady, like that defensive line really... Um, it's it just um it kind of set the tone for the uh, Eagles' defense that season, especially in the Super Bowl. And... The Eagles and the Niners really uh, defensive line uh, both kind of really remind me of each other in the sense that they're both so deep at every uh, it feels like at every position, and like I guess I'm and that's obviously a huge reason of why they're so great and why they're so high on our list. Absolutely, their their linebacker and secondary cores last year had some holes and had some injuries, so they they alone had to pick up the slack last year, which they did, and they helped them get to the playoffs with Carson Wentz giving them a lot of help. So I give a lot of credit to them and they're the number one defensive line in the league for me, just solely. And uh, let's, well, why do you, why do you think that the saints are the number three line in the league? Because I didn't have them up here at all. Um, so there's really two guys that I think are really going to headline or really kind of carry the, the saints defensive line this year. And that's going to be Cameron Jordan, Marcus Davenport. Um, Cameron Jordan's obviously a monster. We've talked about, like I talked to him in my, um, Dark Horse MVP video. I think he's um, a really underrated defensive player. Obviously, he doesn't get as much hype as Cleo Mack, Aaron Donald, J.J. Uh, Watt, whoever you want to, like a lot of the big-name defensive players, which is understandable. I get it. But I just think that that those two, especially with the Mar- with Marcus Davenport, I just, especially with uh, Cam Jordan putting up a uh, he, so Cam Jordan actually set a career high in sacks last year, which, I mean, despite him being in league for uh, since, like, 2011 or so, like, he's still improving, which is ridiculous to think, considering he's been in the league for, like, at least 10 years or something, or, or around that time. So, I mean, and just overall, I have a lot of faith in the Saints. I really like what I saw last year, despite exiting in the first, uh, d- despite uh, losing to the Vikings, but, I mean... The Saints have been there. Um, the, the defensive line was still pretty good last year, and I think they're only they may take a bit of a step back, but I still think they're one of the best groups in the league. Okay, I think that's fair. Uh, I don't share that view. I don't think they're the best in the league. I think Cameron Jordan is one of the best in the league, mm-hmm. uh, and Sheldon Rankins down the middle is a good force, a good run stopper. I don't mm-hmm. really have a lot of faith in uh, Marcus Davenport. I know he improved. Sure. last year from his rookie season but mm-hmm. i don't know i just don't i just don't he he was drafted 14th overall and that's pro and the saints traded up to get him that's probably why i'm not sold on him considering he's not putting up the numbers that 
other first round guys around him have been putting up. But I don't know. I just I watch the Saints and I just I don't see Marcus Davenport getting to the quarterback uh, as much. Then again, he's got Cam Jordan on the other side for comparison, right. so it's not really fair. Also, I feel like the linebackers really help the Saints out a lot. They have really good linebackers. Yeah, and their linebacker core is getting yeah, it's only gotten better. Bringing in Zach Bond in the draft, and uh, uh, I don't think the the defensive line will have to take as much of the heat as they have in the past years. By heat, I mean the 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 amount of um, the amount they have to do in the defense. Right. I'm just not sold compared to these other teams where they have players that have been there for a while and have been doing it for a while, but okay. also have a bit more of the, the depth there. And speaking of one of those te- those teams that has a good amount of depth there, I want to talk about the Washington Redskins at three, who a lot of people would not consider in their top 10 in any defensive category. But I, I would like to tell... Yeah, that's fair. And I would like to tell... You and everybody else, why you're wrong. But mostly, uh, I Ryan Kerrigan is one of the more underrated players in the NFL. He is a he's a sack monster. He's not as big as some of the other uh, uh, linemen around. Uh, that being guys like Cameron Jordan, who are huge. Jordan, I think, is like 280. Uh, and some of the other guys that, that rack up these sack numbers. But Ryan Kerrigan's a little smaller and he's a little faster. He could play outside linebacker. Back when I think the Redskins had a 3-4 not too long ago, he was an outside linebacker, and he was still putting up those great numbers. Now they're in a 4-3, according to our lads, which is where we got our information from, or at least where I got my information from. Yeah. And he's a, he's been putting up great numbers, and he's been doing it quietly, and he's been a force on that Redskins defensive line they also have a lot of they put a lot of draft capital a lot of first and second round draft capital with guys like deron Payne, who's a great run stopper and um jonathan allen and montez sweat who's their edge rusher from last year didn't have the greatest rookie season wasn't bad but it wasn't great but now he's got another guy coming off the edge his name is chase young he was the second overall pick and he's generally seen as one of the best edge talents that they the people evaluating have seen in a long time and adding him to this, uh, this defensive line just made me have to put them this high. They have the, they have incredible upside. And I think with so many pieces, they'll reach it. I've, I think there's no doubt in my mind that they'll reach whatever they need to reach. Uh, Chase Young is a lock for at least eight sacks in his first season. He's going to be a stud. Deron Payne and Montez Sweat are going to have a much easier time coming off the edges. Ryan Kerrigan, too. He could even drop back to outside linebacker if he needs to. There's just so much depth and so much talent with the Redskins that I had to put them at number three. Uh, yeah, that's that's all fair. Um, with Chase Young, I think it's very fair to say he's probably the front runner for defensive rookie of the year. I don't, and I don't really think it's particularly close, to be to be completely honest, but I guess that's up for debate. But um, Patrick Queen. Yeah. <laughs> You need to stop. You need to stop plugging the Ravens. But um, yeah, no, for sure. And everything you said, uh, I agree with. But uh, there are a lot of great defensive lines in the league, and I just thought that the Redskins weren't didn't they didn't particularly stand out to me. Um, and that being said, I didn't really watch a lot of watch a lot of Washington Redskins games, which may be a very big reason why I don't really value their offensive line or their defensive line all that much. But um, again, I still understand that they're a very talented group. They were the Redskins were really hard to watch last year. 
Like, yeah. They were really hard to watch yeah. last year. But yeah. now you've got a reason to watch them because their defense is going to be really stout. I think it's absolutely fair to say that they're they're young and mm-hmm. somewhat unproven for the most part, and that's why you could very reasonably say that the Redskins are in a top 10 line. I think that they're, I think the talent is there and the productivity with guys like Kerrigan are there. So mm-hmm. that's why I put them this high. Uh, speaking of another group where the talent is there, but the numbers may not be there. The Buffalo Bills brought in AJ Epinesa in the second round of the draft and they Great brought in Ed pick. Yep. Great pick. Yeah. Steal. Absolute steal. And Ed Oliver, who was the aforementioned other great rookie from the class last year that I wanted to bring up. He was a defensive tackle, was compared to Aaron Donald coming out of the draft, was drafted eighth overall by the Bills. Very good pick. And he had a very solid year last year. Not one that people were talking about much because there were so many good pieces around him. But that uh, that apparently helped his development because here he is being like the bona fide starter with Mario Addison and Jerry Hughes next to him, and Starla Tulele, who's been putting up great numbers. They have a lot of depth there, the Bills. And the Bills are stacked at basically every defensive position. Mm-hmm. So here you are with a lot of young guys with a lot of talent with a, mixed in with guys like Addison and Latule that have been around for a while. You're going to have a really solid line, don't you think? Yeah. No, for sure. And I, again, they have the deepest defensive line in the league. I don't really think it's particularly close. Sorry, I mean, I won't, I won't say that, but I, I will say I do think that they're the deepest defensive line in the league. Uh, Quinton Jefferson's another pretty, was another great, um, is a, obviously a great player there. Uh, Vernon Butler had a really good year last year, so um, he could potentially come in and, or, and bolster what was already a very good defensive line. And then uh, they obviously had a lot of talent, uh, talent there that's been um, there for a while in the names that you mentioned with uh, Addison. Um I don't even know the whole how to pronounce the Hawaiian guy's name, but I'm just gonna no. But um, that being said, like it's been well documented why uh, it's been well um, very talked about about how great the Bills' defense is, and their defensive line is a very big uh, is a great start in terms of a kind of words um, where they're built great, if that makes sense. Absolutely, and when you bring up Vernon Butler, I'm thinking they also have Mario Addison, they also have Starla Tulele. They're basically just rebuilding the 2015 Carolina Panthers offensive line that went to the Super Bowl, right? That's that's kind of what it looks like to me. Uh, It's kind of funny how that worked out. You have them at you have them ranked at number five. I have them ranked at number four. You have the Bears at four. I have them at six. What was the? They're they're a three-four with most of their talent coming off the the edge from the linebacker core. Those, that being Khalil Mack, but what do you what do you have to say about guys like Akeem Hicks and Eddie Goldman, who are obviously the reason why you have them so high? Yeah, so I'm a, I'm really really high on Akeem Hicks, and I think part of that is just obviously a lot of talk about um, the uh, about just the Bears defense. So I mean, um, I believe they lost Haha Clinton Dix um, in the. Uh, Sorry, I'm just talking about the overall Bears defense, but um, just in terms of the overall Bears defensive line, I'm I'm very high on. I think Akeem Hicks is gonna have a really good is gonna have a really good year this year, um, and I mean overall, like the Bears defense, kind of what's what's been care uh, what's been carrying them overall the past couple of years. So I mean, um, again, it's kind of a lot to have. Like I'm basically again, so I'm kind of just uh, banking on uh, players like Akeem Hicks on that off on that defensive line to really carry them for a lot of the, for a lot of the season. But um, yeah, uh, that's 
And again, a lot of that's, a lot of that's um, recency bias with how great the Bears have been the last couple of years. Absolutely, and that's that's for sure what you need to take note of. Uh, last year they went eight and eight with Mitch Trubisky at quarterback, and Mitch Trubisky yep. was not having a very good season statistically. So that that should yep. say something. And also they had to play against the Packers and the Vikings twice. Yep. So you have that. Also, one thing that needs to be taken note of is the numbers. Uh, I think Akeem Hicks played less than he played around half the games last year. I think he missed yeah. a lot with big injury. The the yeah. numbers that the Bears defense were putting up, the numbers they were allowing from other opposing offenses, the difference mm-hmm. between when he was out of the lineup and the and what he was when in the lineup is absolutely damning. It's it's yeah. insane. It really went to show how much of an impact he had on this defense, which is really weird because when they brought him in, he from New England, he wasn't really putting up numbers in 2017. So he comes into this new Chicago defense with the new big, big dog, Khalil Mack. Mm-hmm. And here he is just deciding to play really well. And he not only has he played really well, but he has cemented himself as a really important centerpiece for this defense that the, the team kind of rallies around. He's done a really yeah. good job of that. And I think that's mm-hmm. just really going to help them. Um, the, speaking of uh, those types of pieces that, teams rally around i have the rams at five and i think you know who i'm referring to here aaron donald (laughs) oh we'll get to jalen ramsey in the uh the db's video Uh, it's just it's crazy because a guy at his size playing a playing that position and playing it that well is Mm -hmm. kind of insane he broke the mold a little bit there are these big guys coming in a defensive tackle and he just said hey I'm basically the size of a defensive end, maybe even a slightly oversized linebacker, and I'm going to speed my way past the big guards in the middle, and I'm going to get yeah. over 12 sacks a year. Is who yeah. are you? Are you going to stop? Are you going to stop me? Are you? Uh, oh, okay, I'll run right by you. I could come off the edge too if I want. The Rams yeah. basically have a gadget, like they have a Swiss Army knife, not just a Swiss Army knife, but like a Swiss Army knife on steroids and HGH and and heroin. They have it's on everything. Sorry, not heroin, yeah. cocaine. Cocaine's the stimulant. He is he is something else, Aaron Donald. And I could not leave him off this list just because just because it's Aaron Donald. They also have Michael Brockers, who sadly was supposed to join the Ravens this offseason, which would have made us which put would have put the Ravens on this list. But nope. Did not join. He's still on the Rams. Samson Ebicom was supposed to get a big deal in free agency. I think that must have fallen through, too, because he's back, and he's no longer really lined up as a linebacker. He's going to be a defensive end now. I think they're switching to a 4-3. And they still have good depth, like Oshon Robinson and Morgan Fox and some other players on on that line as depth. That's insane. Yeah, and I think Aaron Donald, obviously he's the anchor of that defensive line. He's the, like, he's without him. I don't think there's any question that the Rams probably fall out of the top ten. I think I don't think that's really an argument. But yep. no, like yep. again, I think I think everything you just said is, uh, is exactly why the Rams are um, that. I mean, so I have the Rams at seven, and again, like you had them at five. So again, not not a, not a whole lot of difference there. But again, like um, I just think they have a, they have a pretty a pretty deep uh, defensive line. They're not quite as deep as the Bills or the. Uh, Niners or the Eagles, in my opinion, but I still think that um, they have a lot of talent. They have a lot of talent there, and I think that's um, Aaron, and I, I think at least for me, Aaron Donald's a huge reason why they're that high, at least on my list. Um, another th- another three four 
defensive line is the Buccaneers that you have at six and I have at seven. Yeah, so again, um, very similar. Absolutely. Uh, Vita Vea is he's going into his third year in the league, and he is probably one of the best run stoppers in the NFL, one of the best nose tackles that we have. So mm-hmm. already, already establishing himself so well. Damakung Su is a player that has definitely established himself in the NFL. He is... Mm-hmm. You could even make the argument he's on his way to the Hall of Fame. I wouldn't, but he you very well could make that argument. Yep. I, I really like what he's what he brings to the table in Tampa Bay. They have a few other vets. Most of their talent, like Shaquille Barrett, who had I think nineteen and a half sacks last year, is so lined up at a linebacker. Um but that's enough. I think Sue and Vey are enough to say that this is a top ten defensive line in the NFL. Like Sue alone is already he's like as you mentioned, he may not be like he's on a borderline Hall of Fame pace. Like it probably won't get in, and I think a lot of that has to do with his kind of his attitude problems. But like again, like I, I think that duo is just gonna be so um just so great, and I think Sue and uh, uh Sue has a huge uh part has a huge part in that, obviously. Absolutely. Uh, Very deep. Yeah. Speaking of speaking of dynamic duos, we have Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram coming in. You have them at nine. I have them also at nine. But I think they're definitely worth talking about because they can both get to the quarterback. Last year, I think, was a down year for both of them. But they bring in Linval Joseph to help stop the run down the middle. Mm-hmm. And that really that that catapults their defensive line because now they have for two sure. elite ed- almost elite edge rushers and good pressure down the middle to help you on a four three defense. So I, I really like that pickup by the chargers and I really like their defensive line. Yeah. I Bosa and Bosa and Joseph are a great combination to have there on the, on the defensive line. I thought they were pretty good without, even without Linval Joseph, but the, the fact that they were able to add him in the off season, I thought, as you mentioned, he really catapulted them up there in the, into the top zone. Yeah, uh, having having Brandon Meebane down the middle last year, I think it was fine. But I, I don't know. They just they they didn't have that punch for me down the middle. And I think yeah. Linval Joseph has the opportunity to bring that a little bit more than than what they had last year. Um, and speaking of punch down the middle, the Cowboys bring in uh, Gerald McCoy, who's been around for a long time and doing it for doing it well for a long that time. That was a really good pickup for the by, yeah. for the Cowboys. And, they got they got so, a lot better. Yeah, and Don Terry Poe as well, who may not be that that sexy pick, but he's big. He's a big guy. And Demarcus Lawrence on the other side of him, who is a close to elite edge rusher for me. I think he's really good, and I I think the Cowboys defensive line deserves to be here. Yep. Again, 100% agree. Uh, McCoy was such a great addition. And I think, again, this is another example of a team that I thought, even without him, I thought they had a pretty solid offensive line. Demarcus Lawrence is unbelievable he's so good he just elite i don't even think he, i don't even think he needs to be borderline elite i think he's an elite edge rusher and again i think that he's he plays a huge reason why the cowboys defensive line is so good he had a tough year last year didn't really work out i don't think they had that much depth on the line last year but they really went ahead and fixed that mm-hmm. now they still have tyrone crawford on the other edge and that's really good a good vet to kind of help bolster that line. And speaking of vets to bolster the line, 
we have two of the guys that have probably been doing it for the longest out of anybody here together. They've been doing it together on the same line, on the same team since 2010, but that hasn't stopped them from being amazing, making it to multiple Pro Bowls and playing in a few playoff games, although not winning because they're on the Bengals. It's the Bengals with Geno Atkins and Carlos Dunlap. They brought in DJ Reader from the Texans to be that that middle nose tackle run stopper. And the second, uh, going into his third year, Sam Hubbard had pretty good numbers last year, also mm-hmm. coming off the edge. So you have that, that talent, you have that experience, you have that depth. I think that's worthy of a top 10 spot for me, especially because you have Atkins and Dunlap who deserve a lot of respect. So the team I have at 10, you also have in your honorable mentions, and that is the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I think we've all, I think we, everyone knows how great, at least how great we think the Jacksonville Jaguars Jaguars are, uh, at least in terms of their defense. And again, I think that this defensive line is is yet another example of just a team that's unbelievably stacked at the uh, defensive line position. Yeah, for sure. Uh, The reason I don't have them on my list is because I'm not totally sold down the middle. Taven Bryan, who was a first-round pick, great player. I'm just not totally sold. He could make the jump. He could not. I wouldn't put him as a prime candidate to make that Mm -hmm. jump. But he's going to be a starter, so we'll see. Yannick Ngakwe and uh, what's his name? Josh Allen. Josh Allen's yeah. his name. And the that, bad Josh that Allen. One of the one of the yeah, the bad Josh Allen. That's one of the that's one of the best edge rushing duos in the league. They're young, they have upside, but they also have Yannick Ngakwe, so you know that they can do what they do. Yeah. So I'm not really doubting their ability to get to the quarterback. I'm just I don't know about the middle. Avery Jones is there. They have a few other vets. Mm-hmm. There that are crafty and know how to use what they have. I'm just not as sold on them as I am with the teams ahead of them. Also, I want to quickly mention the Browns and the Falcons. I would be remiss if I didn't talk about Grady Jarrett at all. He is a really good player down the middle. Dante Fowler, they bring in from the Rams, who had a really good year as an outside linebacker, but now he's going to be on the offensive line coming off the edge. They bring in Marlon Davidson in the third round of the draft. That was a really good pick. He played next to Derek Brown at Auburn, and he was also getting to the quarterback pretty often. So I like that. I like that a lot. And the Browns are actually quite stacked. They bring in Adrian Claiborne in free agency from the Falcons. Really good pickup. Uh, Miles Garrett is there down the middle. They have... Uh, Sheldon Richardson, Larry Ogunjobi, very solid down the middle, and so is Olivier Vernon. They have a lot of talent on the edge, absolutely. Right. Yeah, so I guess uh, with that, that's our uh, defensive line rankings. Uh, hang in there and stay tuned for our linebacker rankings, which are coming right now. <laughs>